0: Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined by Dan and Scott, as usual, and, uh, well, there were a host of challenges tonight just getting everything rolling, but (laughs) we are here, and we have a few different things that we got to cover tonight, guys. Just a few different things. (laughs) There's some recent news, there's some, what was that? They're short topics. That's true. But there's a a larger quantity than has been the norm for a while last week we we had a few bit a few more a bit more trying to combine those apparently and we have the same sort of thing this evening and we'll probably end up bouncing around again as well but we do have some some interesting things to show you visually a little bit later on um maybe sooner rather than later but uh we'll see when we get to that so stick around everybody who may zone out the first part of the video (laughs) <laughs> I'm
1: like trying to get to it just to see what the what the list was for the topic of in order, because I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, it doesn't have to go in order, but the first one that we had at the top was the uh, Invitational Recap. Oh, okay. So, uh, I w- we can kick it right to you guys, because um, there were some interesting things that both showed up, and we talked about it briefly last time, but now we have, well, a little bit more information about the finishers, so.
1: Uh, yeah, I think at the last time we were in the middle of Top 8. <sighs> So when we recorded last night, yeah. it completely concluded at about i don't know noon on sunday so um yeah it was pretty interesting the breakdown uh the top eight was uh quake verse percy jazz quake one moved to the top four and it was quake verse percy perceptor i'm sorry uh percy fangry and quake one there so it was two quakes against each other in top four and then it was dark mount verse um also percy percy pounce so three different Perceptor somethings <laughs> um and well that dark had to make dark you happy right uh, <laughs> i guess he got some love you know that's good for, it's, it always makes me happy uh they were all eliminated though so it, you know <laughs> well
0: there is that uh, <laughs> there is that part as well
1: <laughs> so dark mount went on to the top 4 and then it was jetfire versus dinobots and jetfire moved in the top 4 uh, in the Quake Mirror Shocker, Quake went into the finals. Ooh. <laughs> and,
0: you took me by uh, surprise there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then it was Jetfire versus Darkmount. Uh Jetfire ended up in the finals. And then in the finals, the Quake won 2 0 over the Jetfire. So yeah, um, Quake goes in, doesn't really take any hits out of, you know, like losing PTT sucks for Quake, but not mm-hmm. like detrimental to the deck itself. Uh, it's still a very, very strong deck. Uh we Absolutely. spoke about it on the stream. That will be I didn't upload anything yet to the YouTube. It's kind of coming in wave still, like we're going through the top eight and then we'll eventually get the final. So it'll be out. Uh but in the video, like, you know, Scott was actually on for the entire thing and before the game is played, we had a long discussion with Christian about the stratagems as a whole and how he came to make different choices in his quake list. Uh hopefully I think I didn't see the the listing yet on Fort Max, but I I think it's going up soon. So you'll actually be able to compare Christian's uh, top his his win from the Freedom Cup and his win from the Invitational, uh, and see the big differences that he had to make in his deck list through the 50 card deck list. Um, which he goes into at length, and I say that video will probably be out sometime either this weekend or early next week or something like that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, getting the thoughts directly from all these people is always appreciated, and it's interesting to hear. What they have to say, so I think everybody should look forward to, to uh, both, well, I guess, watching and he- hearing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, my side of the bracket had a, more of the newer stratums, uh, because we had we had six total stratagems on our side of the bracket, so it was uh, Dark Mount Demolisher, uh, Rampage We Fix, and then Jetfire Jazz. So we had six of them on our side. So, like, from my side of the bracket, you see all six of them uh, going head to head at one point. so uh, that that was my at least that was my breakdown of the top eight. I had to play against the Dinobots and then I had to play against Dark Mount. So you get to see both of those uh, matchups and how oddly different they were, and you know what, how it all went down. I guess.
0: Awesome. What about you, Scott? What, now that we have the actual breakdown, we have the the actual placings, I guess, and we have a winner. What are your thoughts now in retrospect, looking at what went hap- what went down, and what happened?
2: Um. I think the I think there was some decks I talked about this last time I was listening back today. I, I, I think there were some underrepresented decks in the field. I think there wasn't enough sky shadow in the field and I think there wasn't enough um basically that was, was the big one for me. <laughs> yeah, that one kind um, of stands out a little bit. There was no Fortress Max in the deck in the field either, I don't think.
0: Really? Zero um, for I didn't realize that it was One. Okay. I think you're saying one. You might be muted, Dan.
1: Yeah, there was one in top sixteen. He lost to the Dinobots.
0: Okay. Okay. Um,
2: I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that it would have been different if it a single elimination. I just think that there were certain decks that just weren't represented, mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise me when it's the first event to to have the, the stratagems legal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's good. I mean, there there was a good representation to me of new and old. Um, I would say like more new than old. But that doesn't mean anything. Um, sure. I think, I think it remains. Uh, I think there was just probably just not enough time for people to really grasp a lot of what was going on. Of course, um, I mean,
0: it, like you said, it's the first event, so you can only expect it, that things can go so far.
2: Yeah, um, but I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, it was, it was a quick event. That was good. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, so we got a lot of information there. Um, I mean, I think, I think more information will be gleaned when we go back to regular constructed in not this event, but the next one. Yes. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, good players did well, so I'm not
0: surprised. Right. So That's for both of thing. you guys from now that invitational numero uno is under everybody's belts, Obviously, you had already talked about previously and released the schedule going forward, but is there anything in particular from the Invitational that it was an aha moment or anything like that leading forward into either the next set of events or for Invitational 2, or is it kind of just supporting all of the previous evidence that you had leading into it, whether from a tournament format perspective, the cards, anything like that? About the Invitational itself? Yeah, was there anything specifically gleaned from information-wise from the Invitational that changes any of your your assumptions or assertions that you had coming into it? About, um, I mean, we
2: changed the format for season two on purpose already before we even had this event. Right. Um, so due to the nature of just the timing of how some of this stuff works, I mean, like, if we're trying to compare it to versions of Gen Con, for example, like, uh, it would be like, you know, We'll just use the word I think they were both like this. Like Thursday and Friday were the the opens in this in this sense, and then uh Saturday was the the elimination or at versions. It was like Sunday, I think. I don't know. No, it was wasn't yeah, I don't remember. But um <laughs> Friday and Saturday maybe, I don't know. But the point is here it's like months. Right. So there were some people that qualified back in like four months ago that just aren't playing. Mm-hmm. and that's that can happen i mean like for whatever reason um or just or just couldn't participate in things like that and so i think the stringent nature of inviting people from every event just wound up being like awkward at times like we had to do a lot of stuff on the fly to like hand out additional invites in other events which is fine like we're not we didn't i thought that was actually a good idea and mm. a good result, but, like, in the end, it technically didn't meet with the four events, eight people making it from each one. We had to worry about the pass-down system a lot, which we're still gonna do, but, like, that just got, like, I don't want to say messy, but, like, it, it just it just became more difficult, and I think, I think... Messy. Yeah. So now there's more events in Season 2 leading up to a Season 2 Invitational, including all the, because of all the one-day events, so um i think without a without a true cap and then probably i don't know have we said that it is or isn't going to be single elimination it i think it's not, not be gonna elimination.
1: Be, yeah it's not
2: it's going to be like
1: yeah because we're not going to hold two events in we're not going to hold two events in february we're just it's right. just going to be the invitation
2: yeah and i think when one thing we discussed offline which i mean it, you could there, there's arguments both ways to this but like i know for at least us as tos and I mean, probably, honestly, with everything else we're doing, like, the, the turnaround time between that event ending and this event starting was just too intense. Yeah. So, like, and I understand that, like, and that that's, that's another thing, like, you have 32 people, only 32 people qualified out of a pool of, let's say, I don't know, like, 65 or 70 people total that might have played in all the events mm. throughout the entire history of, of the start of this. Right. And so, like, I get it that, like, it's technically only, like, less than half of the qualified people so like it's not fair for them to just sit around and do nothing for a month um but for those i think for the players that played considering it was a different format from one to the other i think there's probably too quick of a turnaround and i don't know if that'll i don't know if that i mean we can talk about we're going to talk about this as a segue but i don't mean i don't mean to purposely segue but like I don't know if it would have if it had affected people's decks in the event now because they were so focused on trying to win the end-of-season event last time.
0: As in, they so, just didn't, you know, time is a resource. You just don't have enough time in order to put the effort in, is what you're saying? Right, like, like I mean, and the other thing is, like, say you're gearing up. I, I, first of all, I, I can't say that,
2: I, I can only say that certain players I saw that I see practicing all the time are, in my opinion, really gearing up. I don't know. They could be playing, you know, offline. I have no idea, but I'm just... Just the way i see it um and if if they only have so much time to test out especially with new cards and then we introduce a format where for whatever reason let's just say whatever they were testing wasn't legal and and i just think that it may just be too tight of a window for them to come up with two entirely new decks based on a new set of cards coming out that really again the stated goal of not being bad cards, like all have a chance of of making it. It might just be too much to take in. Yeah, these are just things that this is just like qualitative evidence. I think that I that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's anything that's written in stone. It's just that you know, I think I think the smart thing to do going forward might be the event that's right after the Invitational, no matter how long it takes. If it's just the same format continued, I'm not sure people are gonna mind because it just might not be enough time to turn around, especially if there's new cards involved. Yeah. But that right. might not always be the case either. That like the imitational features the new set. Like I don't think it's gonna do that this time. Yeah. So a lot of things that we quote learned, I think are mostly logistical issues that can just be avoided in the past and in, in the future with just better with just different planning. Not even better, just different. Right. Because we would have run we, I think we would have run into this situation. Where we talked about how we probably would have run into the situation at some point down the line anyway, where there would have been like one event bleeding into another one, like immediately, no matter how you slice it, just based on the schedule. So maybe it's not the biggest deal in the world. For me, it just felt like a quick turnaround for a lot of people. Again, I don't, I mean, I'm sure for, for the people that like, you know, that were made it further than me, I only made it to top 16. I'm sure it felt even faster turnaround because they were just literally playing longer than time was. Right. So, but I can't, but I can't say just, so uh, maybe it's a lot of conjecture, but just how I see things.
0: Well, that's fair. I mean, it, it's definitely a notable thing regardless. The The question, of course, is going to be how to, to incorporate that information to improve things going forward. So it's yeah. definitely worth noting, if nothing else. Uh, what about you, Dan? Was there anything in particular that stood out to you as a result of this, specifically for the Invitational? Or was it kind um, of business as usual?
1: To just add on to this, Scott, a little bit here, the, I think the biggest thing is since titan one is the way it is uh with the lack of uh titans you know per team i think you would have seen potentially more uh more dinobots more dark mounts uh even though dark mounts one of the most played characters in the titan one uh event and then maybe even more jet fires like you saw some number of them but like i don't think uh The the way that the single limb happened, not everyone got to see everything and not everyone watched the live stream or, you know, not everyone like, you know, we had, you know, seven, eight people always watching games or something like that. But they didn't really get to see everything. And because of that and that quick turnaround, they didn't really maybe they didn't get to, like, move to the next deck. So what a lot of people did basically took their deck from the Invitational and just ported it right over uh, to the Titan one. if like the rules applied, basically. Right, right. Uh so I think I think that's definitely part of it because there was a lack of time there. And you know, maybe not even maybe because it was single elimination, that you know, maybe they got eliminated earlier and they said, All right, whatever, I'm just gonna play this again because yeah. I wanted to play it and I already did my testing with it. Um, so I think there's a lot of that going on. But that's fine, you know, it's still interesting. Um But yeah, I think that there's there's a good chance that A, people wanted to play the deck, they played in the invitational again. So it's like you may as well do it. And then B, some of the some of the atp stratagems that didn't you know get on stream or i couldn't record i mean i only got i think seven of them i didn't get all 11 or anything like that uh you know with with that and doing it uh they just maybe a lot of people just don't understand how to use them all yet i mean the the wheeljack one is a is a very interesting one It, it creates very interesting gameplay for certain cars decks or not even cars decks maybe other stuff Bumblebee is another one, you know. It looks like maybe you just need the Bumblebee and Cars deck, but maybe you don't. Maybe there's a way to throw Bumblebee with two random seven drops and, and just, you know, smack face because of the rally. Um, and then Inferno, I think Inferno gets got a, got the least amount of love, but it also is a pretty interesting format call for Jetfire. So you know it, it, it has all of its plays there, it's just a matter of trying to discover those things and move forward.
0: Makes sense. So uh, I I agree with what both what Of ah, I agree with what each of you were saying. That was another one of those. I was trying to say two independent sentences at once and it didn't work (laughs) out. Uh, (laughs) And it definitely makes sense because I felt that sort of fatigue in other events past other games, even this one where it's the turnaround time can influence things where I just want to hammer the same deck a whole bunch of times. So it'll be interesting going forward, especially with the modified schedule to see how people feel and anybody out there who's played in these events. I'm sure you guys have already heard a lot of the feedback, but the continued feedback is important for, especially these sort of decisions. So, yeah, uh, I, don't, I, don't, oh, I mean, I think,
2: well, origin was the end of the season, but like to me, I think I don't think the like I, I don't know that the single elimination events are the biggest influence on a format ever. Personally, there's just
1: enough games that go on to really uh, see percent. what's going on. Uh, so. We we won't really see the full breakdown until next month's event. Of course At least yeah. the full constructed.
0: Yeah, it's gonna take time, like we were saying, to acclimate to all of the new changes. There were a lot of things introduced.
1: It's yeah. just
0: the fact of the matter is that there there's a lot of things to take in and the interactions, and as certain things change, we'll see how people adapt. Yeah. Um so moving from the invitational, you guys have both brought up Titan One a little bit. So let's talk about that event, because that's actually well we're dead in the middle of it, I guess, <laughs> technically, and, uh, at least at the time of the recording, by the time this goes live, with how fast everybody was playing, we could be done with it. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, but you're both playing in this, correct? Dan's not. Oh, he's not? Okay. So how? what are your impressions so far, Scott, now that it's, it's your brainchild? <laughs> uh, I think it's i think it's working as intended
2: Mm -hmm. um i think that i think there are certain cream that will always rise at the top in any game format and just because it happens to be and we'll get into this like there there are certain decks that i think are just there that are pocketed where there are certain like you know there's i think it was i think we showed like three different decks or something like that that uh were the most represented Mm -hmm. um so so nothing really surprises me about about what uh, what is there, just in terms of there being certain pockets of decks that are being played. But nothing to me, at, at least in my, I mean, I've, only, I've I've played three matches. I haven't I haven't seen a lot like all the matches going on and things like that. But nothing seems nothing seems overly oppressive to me, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I think I think there are some obvious hits that are taken from the format um you know like for example and and i'm not positive that this is correct i really don't think that it is but uh like if you look at the most played characters um especially when you look at like let's just look at the most played titan masters specifically since you're only allowed to play one of them um and it goes and i think this is the way it was before but like the most played characters are there's eight people playing a Night racer And there's seven people playing Fangry, and I assume most of them are with Krebs because there's six Krebs uh, that are being played. Whereas, I can't even find on here um, where there's a, like, if I'm looking at the list of, like, most played characters, I can't even find horrible, like, on the list.
0: I remember, yeah. and I don't have the spreadsheet up in front of me because I accidentally closed it, and if I open it up again, it's going to break it, the entire overlay. So, <laughs> okay, I'm man. not even going to try. Um, yeah. I I vaguely recall somebody saying that, yeah, it, it was not just a... It might be literally zero horribles. Yeah, it looks that way to me. Um, Fangry, obviously, being the, uh, the preeminent Sorry. Titan Master at this stage, so uh, shout out to all my dog sure. lovers not, out there. I'm not sure that's...
2: <laughs> See, the problem is I'm not sure that that's true though. Like, like I'm not I, I think I think looking at looking at the I don't I have to really study the decks that are using each one of them. Mm-hmm. But like to me, I'm not sure like what like I know there's a I know there's an airstrike Patrol deck, for example, right? Like there's absolutely no reason, in my opinion, that should be running Fangry over horrible. Yes,
0: yeah, so like, I could I, see I, that.
2: I I don't understand that at all. Huh?
1: It's just because the, I mean, the horrible is fine, but like you do mess with your green count and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I mean, like he and has glasses. Like, like he has.
2: An yeah, but there aren't board. a
0: huge number of those. It does get weird when you start. Like we have. I was. This wasn't in this context, but I was trying to build something. Well, a couple different somethings recently, and they were all various multi pips and trying to leverage either a horrible and something else, or two other things that are in similar veins. And it, despite the plethora of multi-pips that are playable, the overlap between any given color combination isn't enormous. Like, you can run into issues where it's, like, there there may just not even be enough, let alone enough playable ones. That's fair.
2: I mean, like, some of the, some of the decks just want a, want a guy that doesn't flip, I can understand. Yeah. But, I, I don't know. To me, I just, I still feel like, I don't know. To me... Horrible, it's just horribly underrated, uh,
0: underused. I've been great number of black cards I'm
2: seeing. Yeah, in decks. Like I just don't
0: get it. I mean, do you do you feel that it's also a fatigue level similar to we talked about this in previous weeks, where Sky Shadow was was uh, even tonight curiously absent from the the meta as a whole? Do you think that people have just had enough horrible and wanted to try something different?
1: I mean, I, there are zero registered, right?
0: That's what we yeah. were talking about. Yeah, Amazing. I think you had said that yeah. offline, um, and that's why it's stuck in my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer. Um, I, I don't
2: exactly. because cause I don't, I don't know what decks would have used each character. Like, I'm trying to find out where each character showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and like again, like to me, it comes down to it. Really comes down to the flip density that's needed for the other characters in the of lineup. Course but but like it just i don't i can't say like like i see it i see it in octone decks i see it in like i said airstrike decks i see it in
0: um well in the octone oh, ones the excuse i believe is he's a 7 drop titan master like that's it he has a he has larger hit points than horrible and you idea, i'm assuming you want to be flipping octone around so
1: he also I mean, like sometimes he gets the bold two, and then uh with the
0: the tough comes in every once in a while
1: what i mean i'm saying with the offensive uh merc- whatever the mercenary card i always forget the name of this damn card uh opportune offensive yeah the opportune offensive like with fangry all of a sudden you're just like you're more than bold three or you're more than pierce three you're normally like pierce five or six sometimes with him yeah because it can happen when up. um but the i've seen both versions i i mean like i Personally, most of the time, would not really value the octone flip. So, like, I would probably value the horrible flip more. That's how I would personally play that deck. Yeah. um But you know, I, I can see the argument for it. I mean, it's the same thing. Like we saw them in the uh Perceptor deck, the Fangry in the in the top eight. And it was just like this is just a Titan Master that like just leaves me with another dude. Like it's it's just what happens. I think and like at thirteen health is a seven drop. They're just. There just isn't anything that compares to it, really. It's yeah, super minimal to what that comparison is, and I think that it, I mm-hmm. think it's just that simple. At the end of the day, you know, we talk about Night Racer being a stat stick. Well, I mean, so is Fangry. It's just yeah, a stat
0: stick. it's true. That's a lot of numbers.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, four bold 2, 13 health. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's all
0: it's all good numbers. Exactly. Um, but aside from the uh, shockingly low number of horribles, was there anything else that stood out to you guys? Is this like, um, was this expected, with the field that we're seeing right now? Or did, before we even get it, because we specifically jumped into Horrible, but it, what's your general sense of the field, Dan, since you're not actively playing it and you get a, a wider view of what's going on?
1: Well, I mean, here's, here's another pretty crazy number. There's one Grax. One mm-hmm. Grax. So that means no one's even, like, in on that plan, which obviously if no one's on Horrible and no one's on Quake, then in Grax is probably less played, but, like, there's no... i'm i'm not even positive which deck the grax is in so don't hold me to this but i'm saying like there might not be a perceptor grax deck there might be it's probably perceptor or chrome dome one of those two is my assumption where that card goes uh but without any horrible decks then there's not enough there's not a whole lot of grax and he's still really strong um i mean the breakdown i mean the fact that dark mount is is the fourth (laughs) most played character is just kind of comical to me but yeah uh, it's a little wild he, he stuck out. He seems to be a, I don't know if Scott touched on it or not, but he seems to be a great uh, partner for sky shadow now with the nine, you know, the nine star and plus the stratagem. Like he just seems to fit in really well there. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I think, I think it, uh, the sky shadow was dormant for long enough. And now we're seeing a few of them. Uh, there's at least two of them that are three Oh, uh, two two different, ver- two different versions. One's airstrike one's dark Mount. Um, so yeah, I mean it's interesting, but it to me it, it it is weird to not see any horrible at all and to not see more Grax, Um He's just he's just a really good character. So I don't know. yeah,
0: that is a little surprising. I mean I get I keep blaming it on people are just sick of playing certain characters. I don't know. If, again, this is just me making it up.
1: But well, I, I meant to get to this. But the other thing here yeah. is that this is I would still say a bit of an experimental phase. Mm-hmm. um so there is some very like out there decks and interesting ones and some of them are succeeding in them, some are not um so we'll have to see like it, it's hard to see after three rounds exactly what like the middle of the class decks look like like it's very easy now to see like all right well uh sky shadow dark mount looks really good um the uh the other Sky Sh- honestly sky shadow looks really good and then it also played right into the meta because like a lot of people went to a Galaxy Prime. Uh there was like three or four Galaxy Primes I think registered. Yeah. And then the other things were like there was a couple Octones registered, a couple Shockwaves registered. So like everybody went back to like that bigger star character, one dude, and then Sky Shadow just, you know, at the end of the day he's just he just eats apart these things because he just reads on the character like I'm going to deal minimum X damage. Yeah. minimum X damage is like half their health or more. So Right um i think like when you look at that it makes sense to me that sky shadow is going to succeed in this event because just the people what like the metroplexes of the world don't play that well against it they play okay but not like spectacular hmm. um and there was five metroplexes or whatever it was and they just there isn't really a lot of things that are trying to prey on that um i did, did what was the report did did we find out if the fangry asp deck did he win or did he lose i don't i didn't know it was a draw it was a draw so one one draw so um, that deck, that deck is probably also well positioned just cause I think his, I think he has probably the best, the better matchup against the sky shadow decks just cause like he can like outnumber him ironically, right, right. in a way. Um, and like maybe he can set up plays to like take away the sky shadow attack. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I think, I think you'll definitely, you'll see probably I would, I would bet on at least three sky shadows in top eight, uh, at this point, because, I just think like whatever, unless they like just knock each other all out, which like could happen also. But I, yeah. it, it still feels like whatever the Sky Shadow is going to play in this particular field, it's going to do really well against it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of, a lot of ample prey for those Sky Shadow decks. Yeah, just it, certainly on paper, and we'll see how it plays out. Um, was there anything else that stood out to you guys? Like it, it sounds like we. <laughs> or at least I've been saying we've been missing Sky Shadow for a while, and people took that to heart. <laughs> if that's the case, <laughs> but uh, I know you mentioned there was a ton of Metroplex because uh, Heed the Call definitely got people excited.
1: Uh, free Call stratagem, it and like we've said this last week, you know, like Heed the Call wasn't necessarily tested in the Titan One format, so it was definitely like on the need to watch list and see how it's doing. Uh, there is w- at least one two o. I think he's still playing right now. It could be a three o. I'm not sure how that's gonna go. Um, but everyone else is like mellowed out to either two one or one two. You know, I-, I think there was a lot of Metroplex mirrors already. I was like, about to ask that. Yeah, there was, I think there was five of them registered, and I think we've already had like two or maybe even three mirrors. I don't even know. Like I just know that wow. they, they hmm. the pairings were not kind to them, and they were all beating each other up. Um, and then yeah, so. Yeah, hard to say.
0: All right. Anything else jump out to you, Scott, whether it was either absences or, or um, you know, things that are in overabundance or that there's a diamond in the rough that we're forgetting about? Uh, the banning of peace for Germany is not keeping
1: aggro decks out of the format. Facts. <laughs> That's 100% fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, do you Bring think that,
0: that is a factor of this is an unknown format, so people went with, all right, well, if I just kill you, you can't do anything cute. and And or... The lack of refinement due to it being unknown. I mean, I just wanted
2: to kill people fast. That's.
0: <laughs> I mean, there is that. There, <laughs> is, there is an allure to to doing. I Maybe mean, not going to time. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's the combination of uh, you know, Sky Shadow is just he literally has an answer to Jazz on him. You know, yeah. So like, there was a lot of discussion yeah, kind of like, oh, deal. how do I answer with Jazz? How do I like Sky Shadow? Just has Pierce Four on him. Yeah, he just. You know, like he, he, he should, I'll just kill
0: that guy. That's how I answer it. I, I mean,
1: <laughs> Chances are, all you have to do is bolt Jazz and then swing at Jazz, and Jazz is dead. Like I mean, like I don't think Jazz is gonna untap. So, you know, it, it, when you look at it that way, and you're like, oh, Jazz is this, and oh, piece of the turn that, and you just look at like you're like, all right, well, well, I'll just play Sky Shadow then, and I'll just like I'll just kill Jazz, and <laughs> it won't matter.
0: That seems pretty effective. That seems yeah. pretty effective.
1: Um, so I mean, it
2: slows down like, enough, but I mean, I don't think that there's. I think there was there was an opportunity for other control decks playing him to do to have done well, and they're. They're
1: just not playing them. Well, so. I, I think other decks playing should... jazz.
0: You mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I
1: mean, like there, there is definitely a lack of jazz, right? I mean, there's what was what was his count? Uh, he came in at four, right? So of thirty five decks, there was only four jazz decks. I'm gonna assume they're all blue decks, right? That's I think that's assumption. safe. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's one of the cards decks playing. I think it is. I think one um. of the cards decks that's two one. Uh, it was like Chrome Dome tracks Jazz, or something like that. Um, he's playing it, and he's more of, like, a mixed deck. Uh, but, you know, most I, even then, like, that means no one's even really, like, playing into it, which is probably okay, because I just told you Sky Shadow's a thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess I'd be a little bit more shocked that mm, something along the lines that I had played in the Invitational didn't get more love, but I think it also goes back to that no one had really seen my deck until after the event had started because i had literally played my top eight the night before it started and then i played top four and the finals after the event had already started so a lot of people didn't even get to see my my deck in action yet absolutely Um, but it's definitely like i would say it's one of the more top contender blue control decks in the format so that utilizes jazz very well uh so like i could see that there's a potential that maybe once we get back to full construct it you'll see another shift and another upswing there but who knows makes sense
0: yeah it's and that's what kind of why I asked the question is that due to the timing of everything it's just a confluence of several different events that i think drives maybe not all but part of the decisions that went into what people played or how they're playing it, that sort of thing it's right. going to take yeah, time right. for all of this to play out
2: there's a there's a there could be a lack of understanding in this such a such a small short period of time where how battle decks have to shift in accordance to the character and strategy oh yeah you. Yeah, like, like like if you're playing Jazz, you know, Steady Shot has more value, things like that.
0: Right. Just issues, you know? And even like, from the other side, I mean, it's simple yeah. to say just play Sky Shadow, but if you were not playing Sky Shadow for reasons and you were expecting a field of Jazz, which it didn't turn out to be, but you would have to adjust certain things either for your board or main deck in
1: order to adapt. Oh, because yeah, you... that, that was one. I'm sorry, I just You just reminded me of something, like the adapting. Uh, Like, really, if you just look at Christian's Quake deck and how he adapted it as an orange-black deck in the meta, because, like, you know, we there are, I think, zero of them other than the Fangry ASP kind of is is along that line, but, like, the 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 four white-orange-black decks that were all over the Extra Life event, there's not even, like, once again, there's no Horribles registers, so there's not a single one of those type of decks mm-hmm. registered in, in it, and I still think that deck's pretty good in the format, so I, I don't know if people just got turned off by it or just... I'm glad you... As, yeah figure out the jazz thing i'm not really sure uh but i would i would sculpt a little bit off of the quake deck as an orange black deck as a whole uh if you were trying to figure out your issue with jazz i would just go and i'd look at you know the double scoundrel's blaster it's like oh no i have to play scoundrel's blaster in my you know in my jazz in my four white orange black deck well you got to play scoundrel's blaster it's a green it gives you Thing. If you don't want to play that, then play personal targeting drone. It's a green, it's a white, it gives you pierce one. It it'll turn on your character and let you kill a jazz. Um, you know, do those things is is would be my advice. But I would definitely still not get away from those decks because I still think those decks are very strong.
0: Yeah, I was uh, and that's I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was very surprised by the lack of that build because I after seeing it in action during the extra life event, it's like this seems pretty wild. Why would mm-hmm. this fall by the wayside? Unless, you know, I it's again in support of a new format that a lot of people's creativity comes out. So maybe they said, oh yeah, well I could do that or I could do this other thing that seems like a that's a, a lot more fun, a lot more interesting, whatever. And that's yeah, why I they... Mean,
1: I guess the other thing is, you know, the Extra Life thing was only 15 people and I mean, it was streamed all day, but like I didn't release the deck list or anything. So maybe... I don't know, maybe enough people didn't see it. So maybe that... that's like, true. I knew it. I, I didn't really think about it until now, but uh, that's definitely possible that they just, like, I think there were 15 people and, like, the three, four, and five were all orange black pierce decks. So, like, right, right. Know, like, like, they were all three, one orange black pierce decks or something like that. So, um, yeah. And, and the real truth was that Fortress Maximus took a bigger hit, you know, from Jazz and from WeFix than necessarily the four white orange black decks did because Fort Mattress has a little bit more of an issue trying to adapt and it loses its whole weight. Like it literally just loses its nuke. So there's that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I felt that that deck, you could have just played a couple calendar strikes. You could have just played a Scoundrels Blaster here and there, and you probably would have been fine.
0: Yeah. Like you said, there are ways to adapt to each of these. It's just all the stuff that we talked about as far as timing goes, I think played into this on top of it being, you know, it's an unexplored format for if not completely, most of the part.
2: Right. Question. Much of the same way as
0: the conversation with horrible. I mean,
2: do you really believe Quake is unplayable? I mean, you can just play other small guys, can't you?
0: Uh, it it loses a lot of effectiveness from what I found. I know I saw people trying this prior to the extra life event. Like there are a few okay. different lists floating around mean? featuring uh, Rumble, Ransack, uh, I still function stuff. Com- that's a combo deck though, right? It but, can like, be, but it, it also can just be, okay, I'm a six-drop guy with base X attack and yeah. do what you're saying. I'm a smaller guy. I You're definitely four wide. Well, five, I guess, yeah. with the head, that sort of thing. Right. Uh i I
1: not- seen Anzl so- play mm. in the Extra Life event, it, di- it didn't even get a win. It did very bad. So yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I didn't, he wasn't on stream at all, so I didn't actually get to see any of his games, but I know he didn't get a win. So uh, it's hard to say.
0: Huh. I think part of them. it is, like, the way the Titan Masters play out in full constructed it, in that you can protect the different pieces more... You, like, you, get the, you have much you more control over like when forever. things happen.
1: Yeah. Like, you just get to protect Quake for literally ever because you get the stop gaps from the extra heads. Mm-hmm. So, like, the game just go Like, by the time they even get to Quake, their whole board had already taken, like, seven damage, and Quake still has zero health, where that's impossible in the format.
0: Yeah, I think you
2: want... It, what was that? It would take like, they could take more. They could not take that much, but they would still take some. So I wasn't sure. But
1: the, the, what I'm saying the, the difference is that you don't get another guy when you're. So you have to eventually just put Quake out there. And that turn you put Quake out there, he probably doesn't untap.
0: Yeah. That's fair. It fair. Uh, because unfortunately, in order to get bodies that are worthwhile in the absence of the Titan Masters, I think the star options just don't really work out in your favor. Like, in order to be four wide, you have to sacrifice a lot. Or, I mean, like, you could do a patrol or something, but then you lose the flipping. Like, you make much more sacrifices, I think.
1: Yeah, you, you have to make a ton of I mean, like, and and I guess it's one of those things that, like, I'm, I'm honestly okay with it, to be honest. Because, like, if he's going to be a dominant deck in a control in this productive format, which he is, like, there's nothing changing that, at least right now. Um, It makes sense to me. I mean, he is—he plays three Titan Masters. You can't play more than one Titan Master, so like, obviously, the deck loses a shit ton of of resources. You know, (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's not, and like we said last time, it's not a true port, like because we we saw funky formats that were similar to this, but different, where there were these, there were band lists that were like can't play horrible, can't play Skyshatter things like that, and multiple Titan Masters still took it down. So
1: that's more. Right, like, it's it's just a matter of, like, when you can't have multiple Titan Masters, your deck is not as powerful, mm-hmm. no matter which way you look at it. But him, him specifically, I feel like, like, if you're not that combo version, I don't really know that you can actually succeed well at all. I just think, like, eventually you'll you'll just get to your dude and he'll just die, and then that'll just be the end of it, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if, like, a tank deck with dark mount was a possibility and things like that. Obviously, no one explored any of that kind of stuff, so...
1: I mean, it's it's obviously possible, but I don't know. I mean, like I, I just I don't know that I even would want to be Quake at that point. That's the problem. Yeah, it's just free incremental damage. I wasn't sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's there's some advantages to it, but I don't know that you can leverage it all that well at the moment. That being said, I know I look at it every few days. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe if I do it this way, and I haven't quite found yeah. it yet. <laughs> um. I'm sure it's floating out there, or maybe it just needs a couple more cards. We'll see. Um, Anything else for Titan 1 before we talk about some of the upcoming stuff? No, we'll more next week, obviously. Exactly. Uh, So one of the upcoming things is actually TFCon. So shout out to Cameron over at Arbitrary Hero, because he is putting on an event with cards from ATP 1 to showcase everything at one of... And I guess, to be honest, probably the largest Transformers convention, definitely the most the largest unofficial one, I believe. Um, So it's going to be good to get the game again in front of eyeballs that, I mean, even at this stage may not even know it exists, despite news about the card game pre and post. We're always on Transformers related sites. People may not necessarily have been paying attention until it's kind of, you know, in their face and available to them. So it's pretty cool that it's going down. It's also going to be another extra life events. So everybody out there listening and watching. Uh, if you haven't contributed, go contribute. But again, shout out to Cameron.
1: Uh, yeah, currently there's 14 people registered for it. Um, I can tell you for a fact that at least three of them are, I think, like mostly new players. Um, and then Good. the cool thing is for all you Transformers fans out there, if you guys know them, Vangelis is playing.
0: Ooh. All right. Uh,
1: so that's pretty sweet. So, you know, hopefully we'll get to have a nice chat with Vangelist and see how he, you know, in, is enjoying the ATP strategy and stuff like that. I think it's really cool to see him that he's playing.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. It's, and again, it's also for a good cause. So even if you're not able to play or not able to watch, if you have the opportunity to donate, definitely consider it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's for us, it's like back to back. Cause we have this one for Cameron, which is being hosted on Octagon. And then, the next event for us is uh, my extra life event, which is on November 8th and that's webcams, but uh, that's the junkie on format. So if you, you know, if, if you don't necessarily like full construct it and you don't, you know, want to try and figure out the ATP strats with everybody else, then junkie on the perfect format for you. Cause it has no effect on anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it has a lot of effect on everyone's hearts Yes, or something like that. <laughs> Exactly. It sounded better in my head. I was trying to go for something real quick and couldn't come up with it. Um but in all seriousness, a lot of people do really like Junkie on their the feedback seemed to be very positive. People were very yeah, excited about it, so
1: there's a reason we put it into our our season again. There's a reason why we started putting rarities on our cards because yep. we we definitely, I mean, Scott and I enjoyed the format. I I didn't get to play the whole event, but I did enjoy the format. I did wa- I enjoyed watching the format and uh it'll be fun keeping it going cuz we're going to have uh, like I said, the the extra life event on November 8th is Junkion, and then the open for the Alpha Trion uh, tournament season is in December is Junkion. So, like, you'll actually get two hits of it, which will be pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Just like we were talking about before with people who are uh, timid about diving into a given format, it'll give you at least a way to quote-unquote warm up for it, to, or at least some more information if you want to look at it that way. Right. So, uh, just wanted to put that out there about the upcoming TFCon events. Anything else you want to add on there, Scott? Or do we cover everything for that? I mean, by the time you're hearing
1: this on YouTube, it's already happened. Right. So.
0: But people will be able to check out yeah. the, the VODs for the event and that sort of thing. Yeah, so. yeah
1: if you're listening live, I'm I know, I'm know. assuming Cameron is going to stream the entire thing, and I will likely stream the entire thing also. Me and Cameron will be commentating the entire event. Um, so there'll be different places to see it and stuff like that. Uh, it should be fun. Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So uh, the next thing, which I spent so much time trying to get the overlay to work for, um, we got a little preview. And I I mentioned this at the top of the show that you're going to want to stick around. Now, this is uh, a unique preview. Um, We'll call it that. It's a little bit different, but we want to talk a little bit about well, uh, some additional about ATP 1, but also talk about some of the things behind ATP 2, which is the upcoming set. So let me kick it to you, Scott. Tell us tell us what people should expect.
2: Uh, we talked last time about uh, that the theme of the set was going to be combiners. It had nothing to do with, like, the fact that it was Wave 1 strategies first, and then we're not going, like, in order to Wave 2. Um, so originally, I mean, we literally had... We literally had new cards, I think for every, literally every five and six team combiner at one point,
1: um, except for Volcanicus.
2: Yeah. Except for Volcanicus at one point (laughs) we had all these planned uh, with fully on tested, tested things, but we decided, um, that again, due to the nature of what we're seeing out of the strategies from wave one. In terms of how many, and in terms of like the amount of time it takes for them to sometimes catch on, um, we just figured that if we were to do that and introduce a bunch of these combiners all at once, it would probably just become a dominated combiner meta because they're fun to play with and mm-hmm. most people seem to gravitate towards them. And like, we knew that that would be an issue because of just how they operate. That they may, I'm not saying like it's hard to explain, like, not just the like dominating nature against the field in general, but dominating nature against like each other. And so like, we knew we had to, like, we had to do, we're doing other things. Like we have to discuss internally, like, do we need to make cards that are against four or against combiners? Like that are not specifically part of the teams and things like that. Like, how do we need to address this? So we decided that we're going to scale back as to how many we're actually going to release so that each one of the teams, well, we're likely releasing two teams, like that they, each one of those two will have its own effect on the metagame. And there's there was really no rush in like releasing like four of them or more, like or anything like that. Like there was because again, like remember, our our stated goal is to have each one of these actually change the number of decks that's in the meta. And we didn't like we don't want to wholesale change everything. So like we didn't want to have the situation where everything that comes out in the second set immediately replaces the first, which immediately replaces wave five, et cetera. So like we wanted more of a shelf life for these things so we figure, and and this is not it's hard to explain cuz it's not, this is not like a treatise on we're making the combiner so good that everybody's going to want to play them and they automatically and that's why we couldn't release four of them like it's not like that it's just that we see where people are gravitating towards like you know there's a lot of a lot of Metroplex being played there's a lot of like what what people consider to be like non-traditional deck builds Being gravitated towards, and this offers another non-traditional type deck build. So we figured if we flooded the market with them, for lack of a better term, it would just be an arms race as to which combiner you wanted to play at the next event, and it would be like we might as well just have a combiner wars event. It would be the same look as constructed or 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 Titan Masters or whatever going forward. I mean, uh, Titan One going forward. So we figured it was just it was just better to release them in drips and drabs and see what the effect of them is. And see how many people gravitate towards them before we did things like create one from scratch which was also on the table for example because we we both well you and i at least know that there's lots of combiner teams that are not actually represented absolutely um (laughs) and yeah like we said like we we spent we spent almost a whole and i know this doesn't sound like a lot but like we spent a good portion of like a few days fully vetting printing testing especially especially some teams that we knew weren't going to make it in the end and then we, we've had some of ours represented in other whether it's a playtesting event or either like live playtesting sessions like a lot of it and we just decided that like it's it was just too much um it was just unnecessary to uh to release it all and and to make sure that we need to really understand the play pattern and really understand what the effect of some of these things are, like the way that we're approaching the situation, because again, it's not about an overpowered thing. It's just that we we wanted it to feel a little bit unique. And if it was just like if if people don't have time now to test a single strategy, how are they going to be able to have time to test construct cons versus sentinels versus aerial bots versus stunted cons versus uh, predicons versus bots that wasn't happening versus dreadwing that wasn't happening versus you know whatever like like there's just there's just there just wouldn't be time and effort being able right. to put into it. so we figured we it's just a shortcut for us not to, have to put time and effort into them either so to be honest right. with you so
0: well I mean a lot of time and effort did go into some of the ones that are riding the pine at the moment but well I was going to say something else but I'll leave it at uh, it, they're not going away entirely. i will put it down. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be gained from, and it's not. It's not even like
2: a, a mistake, right? It's right. right. It's a conscious decision to not to not do this because we we're not. I don't know how to say it. Like this is we're not making theme sets. You know, like it, this was just supposed to be something that we were going to tackle as a game mechanic again that happened to fit with the second set that came out and it's the second set that we're releasing right um so it happens to work out mathematically like that but like it, it wasn't intentional so again like we're not we're not in the business of selling bad cards so like you know we don't need to flood the market with combiners like there's just no need
0: absolutely no i and i hope everybody out there understands it's it from because I'm on this side, as opposed to that side, I know where the decisions came from. I support the idea, so I just hope everybody out there is hearing it in the right way. That it's not, you know, it's not cutting corners kind of thing. It, it there is a, there was a lot of process that was involved in ensuring is this the appropriate decision at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I think the the one thing that should be just a little bit stretched too is the idea that we went to the extent uh you know the original pitch was only three of them which was just the normal ones that we talked about last week was just the ones that were five uh even going to the six ones it was another layer of testing that when either i was playing or sat and watched uh you know the play testers playing or scott or you know um stefan christian you know all these guys really they they really went in and, and really helped us out uh in about an eight day period of time there was i i i can't even fathom how many games or i played or watched so seeing it all really helped us understand a lot of different things um and like anyone that's looking at these uh predacons that are on the screen now you know, a couple weeks ago in that Facebook chat or in the in the Alphadron Protocols Facebook group, I posted what the predicons were and the process of how we how we were building the combiners. And anyone that's seen that picture and is watching this now, you can see how how different the whole thing is. I mean, even right now the pack hunting is on the screen that I'm looking at currently and it it had like one attack, one armor, and like eight health, and now it's down to three health. It had the ability to uh remove a a, play a weapon from your scrap every turn if you want it to and then it also had the if you kill a guy heal too like it had so many things that we felt it needed that it does not need like it just they, (laughs) they they actually just don't need that much help we talked about this last time the little things little things of the additions of incremental and incremental incremental and then you realize like oh i changed this one thing and sped up this that i don't need all these other things like the like i already solved x y and z just by getting here um And those are the things that really, really started to come out when I started seeing some of the other uh, ones seeing play. I mean, specifically the Sentinels. I mean, the Sentinels, at the end of the day, the reason why they didn't really combine in Wave 2 is because, like, Optus Maximus is just insane. So if you (laughs) build him the same way that we wanted to build these other ones, like getting to Optus Maximus on turn 3 is just it's unfair like you just you you almost can't lose (laughs) like that's how ridiculously good he is like if you combine and have like 28 health left on optimus maximus the game is just over like you may as well just scoop up your cards and walk away like if you didn't if you didn't mag ray twice to deal an extra six damage or some shit like it just it wasn't close um and i it was things like that it was lessons learned of like well we are speeding up to this ridiculous character you know and 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 why did it take X time to get to that character? And why do they only have one armor? And why don't they have more health? And all these things really started to pay off uh, in the testing process. And that was the the hardest thing to do, honestly, was like to figure that out because I felt there was a point in time where I felt really good about where we were, and then within three or four days of the next layer of testing, I actually felt that we were further like further behind than I wanted to be. Like, that's how quick that turned with this whole process. And, you know, it, it's like, thank God we're not done yet because we still have time. Um Because honestly, like, there's a chance that we may have dialed them back too much now. You know, and like Scott was talking about the idea of adding, you know, cards to the format that, you know, interact with these characters or other types of characters like this in a different way. And if, you know, we dial these back so much and then we also add those cards and like, they might not even matter. And we might've just wasted all this time trying to perfect this system and they're not good. So like, you know, we it's,
0: recreated it's, wave it's, two. That's not really the great,
1: right. Right, <laughs> right. And that's the thing is that, you know, that's the whole goal here. And I've said it last week, the, the level, like the, the bar, the bar is just, it, it teeters, man. And if you miss, you miss, and if you hit, you hit and it's great, but it's so hard to get on that line. It, it really is. And that's, that's what we're playing for. We're, we're not playing to make every card, you know, the, everyone has to play this it, it's more or less like we want everyone to have the option to play this and it not be like a laugh you out of the room option and that's that's the real goal so it, it's it's not easy but it's it's the goal we, we're setting for us and we'll we'll see how it goes the next couple of weeks i mean the threading of yeah.
0: that needle is exactly the hard part it it's the easy route i mean it, it's it seems obvious but it's easy to design bad cards like it's not that hard to come up with a terrible card it's also equally simple to come up with an overpowered card and just push everything out and i think everybody can you know in the the macro understand that but the level at which and the the strata away from the, the like the central goal of trying to hit things Right on the dot is very, very difficult because it's very easy to upset an already very delicate balance, especially when you're introducing something as wild as the combiner mechanic. So, yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that that is different is like we had a list
2: of things that were wrong with combiners, and you know, I won't go through every single one of them, but because I'll save it for like when the cards are introduced or whatever and but you don't actually have to solve every single one of those problems yeah. because by solving one of them you may solve other ones like the main thing for me was like you know i mean i remember pl- i i've i've played with them all before but it's like they always combine with like six or seven health left so like the abilities that were written on the cards like predicting i can hold x number of weapons never meant anything well if you give him four more turns then that that ability actually means something, right? Like he becomes the abyss, for lack of a better term. <laughs> like he just he just takes out a guy every single turn. Like you know, like when he when he can attach all those weapons. Like it was the same thing that happened with like it was the alternate way to play like the the mega living weapon strategy mm. uh, when you can have more than one weapon attached. Like that's just the way that it, it, it wound up. Um, you know, the Metasaur sort of being able to play two ability two two actions in a turn. The The Optimus Maximus getting the plan on both sides. I mean, I never even saw that guy ever in play. So, like, I never knew how insane that was. I mean, Volcanic may be able to be insane if he ever gets in play. I have no idea because he's never been It's never. Now, that
0: one, I know (laughs) I've heard stories about it happening. I've witnessed, and I think I played Stefan and he combined against me, like, week one of wave two kind of thing. But it was exactly what you said. It was like, okay, he combined with, like, seven health left. Did this really matter? And then
2: I think there's a delicate balance between I have 50 turns being the combiner. Like I start, essentially start the for like, not like literally, but essentially start the game in my combined form, or I get there as a last ditch effort. I think there needs to be, and I'm not even, I don't think it needs to be literally in the middle. I think that it probably needs to lean closer to the, I don't have that many turns left, Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all the way there. And like, like for example, Devastator's awful, right? But like if you get when I was playing, like when you got to Devastator and you had all those tower counters, and like the mechanic is there for a reason. It's not it's not about it wasn't about like how many cards you had didn't have to have in your hand or whatever. It was just about I got to heal a bunch of damage and then I'm a 10 bold two. No one else is a 10 bold two. Like he doesn't have to have any other abilities. He just has to be a 10 bold two. <laughs> You know, like, we even put restrictions on, on the one that we were working with. and It, it took
1: it took a couple days for Scott to understand that, though. Just, <laughs> yes. Just, <laughs> say it. just say it. <laughs> I mean, um, it's all
0: it's like everything else. It's about timing. Where, yeah. it, like you said, it's about when... It, you're a too. 2. That sounds awesome. On turn 1, 2, 3. On turn 10, that sounds terrible.
1: Right. On so, turn 6, yes. it doesn't matter. On turn 3, it matters. <laughs> oh, it,
0: it, I be, that I can believe.
2: That I will believe. <laughs> I mean, I still don't don't think, I mean, there's nothing quote wrong with that, the way we eventually got him to operate. Because,
1: yeah, like, yeah, like to go back to these guys for a second uh, on the screen, you know, uh, Scott touched on a little bit, like the way I've been explaining it to the playtesters, because, you know, obviously they're extremely vocal and so helpful. You know, shout out to you guys again, of course. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, the conversation I had had after our last combiner meeting with them was like, you have, to, you have to evaluate everything that it is at its expected lifetime in the game, right? So like if a 14 health character like Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend has three armor, how many attacks do you think it takes to KO that Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend? Well, if the answer is like five, right? Let's just say five. All right, cool. Well, what happens if that's on a 25 health character? What's the expectancy now? three armors on a 25 health character and it takes five to kill a 14 health well now you're talking like 11 or something like that to kill this this of uh, this 25 health character yeah and then on top of that now that 25 health character has an insane ability like you get to play two actions in a turn like that means for six turns you get to just play two actions on a turn because it's what the card lets you do so the moment you start figuring all these things out you really start to see like okay I now understand the timetable of these things. Yes, the game itself from, you know, from wave two on has definitely accelerated. So getting this in play faster makes sense because otherwise, what are we doing in this war? Right. But the, all of the extra things that we thought they needed just so quickly showed itself that like, all right, we actually, we don't need all these things because when you have all these things, you just created a monster that like just can't die. I mean, like I... I had games on Cameron's stream over the weekend. Uh, I think it was on Saturday afternoon. I forget it was Saturday or Sunday afternoon where I was on uh, Arbitrary Heroes' face uh, YouTube channel, and there was a game that like I combined with Menaceur at 21 health, and then at the end of the game I had 19 because of the effect that Menaceur had. It was just like this can't happen. Like there's no way I'll die ever. So it's like it's things like that that you had to realize. Like what the expectancy of the actual abilities are that you're giving these characters, and you have to wait that over the course of their lifespan, and that makes it so challenging when you're looking at a 30 health character on turn three.
0: Yeah, because it's not strictly linear with most, if not all, of these things. It's not just, oh, well, I have 10 extra health, and it took... Three attacks to do that so it's going to be six attacks it could end up being 10 attacks because things ramp exponentially or maybe not exponentially geometrically depending on the scenario but uh it, point is is that it's not just a one-to-one relationship of now i'm a bigger character everything has different weights at different stages in the game because it's not just oh well i'm teeing off on your guy because my opening hand had multiple grenade launchers well now i'm out of cards and you still have 20 health
2: yeah, and I think it's it's been fun to realize that, to be honest with you. And the other I, thing I
1: it's, like I don't want to steal it from you, just the, just to add real quick is like I feel that us taking these characters on specifically is going to accelerate all of the rest of the characters we were going to make for the existence of the game. Because there were so much lessons learned from this idea of the like I said just the stat and ability longevity per health point and character like Though that equation solved this way, I think will it will help us throughout the rest of the time that we that we do these things because now we know what it looks like on a thirty health character, and it's just it, the equations already there to figure out. And it's it was actually really astonishing. Okay, Scott, sorry.
0: Uh, what I saying? Oh, you <laughs> didn't really get very far, so I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, that's most of it. I mean, like, it has, it has definitely been fun to figure out. But I, I think the other thing is I do think that, that of two of the problems, which to me, the two biggest problems are the enigma and the speed at which you combine. I do think that we have solved those in an, in an effective way, in my opinion. And I don't think that that general rule is we're looking back on. And I think that that is I think both of those things are the right thing that we're doing. So uh, because I because I feel like without having both of those things taken care of, it still would be unplayable. So. So I believe, despite everything else, um, I think we nailed those things correctly. It was just understanding that that maybe not much
0: more than that is what's necessary. Yeah, so makes sense. I. Uh- Well, gentlemen, that is officially the end. I know we didn't talk about ATP 1 a whole lot, um, but I think getting out more information about the upcoming stuff is, I guess, a higher priority in general. But um, there's a lot of things that are still ongoing and upcoming in the future weeks. But was there anything else you guys wanted to throw in at the end here?
2: Uh, No. Again, we're still trying to work out the details of how we're going to get some of the printed nature out to people. Besides taking top four, again, I was listening to um, last week again, and I know we mentioned that we were going to get to that, um, and we still have to. Um, but otherwise, no, I think everything else is
1: pretty covered, I think. Cool. Yeah. Um, just wanted to congratulate Christian again for winning the invitational. Uh, you know, took it home with Quake. He's been on fire. I mean, I, since COVID happened, I don't don't think you can argue that Christian's the best player in the game this year. Um, You know, he's, he's won a bunch of events and it was, that was the first time I actually had to play him in an event. So that was cool. Uh, And yeah, I, I, I'm really excited. I think ATP one is doing, it might even be doing more than like we had hoped it to do. If that actually makes sense, uh, which is pretty cool to see. Like I didn't, I didn't expect everyone to gravitate, to gravitate towards certain ones so quickly um and then there's a couple of them that i like i said i mentioned earlier like the rally and the wheel jack like i feel that both of those are interesting and a little bit harder to figure out but they're also probably closer with maybe a smidgen of help so it'll be interesting to see like how we feel about those particular ones like after atp2 or further down the line or something like that I, i think right now that they're those two specifically are the ones that are going under the radar the most
0: well as you said there's a a little bit to do with them but there there's like all of them there's a lot of potential in there so
1: right but yeah i i think it's really cool seeing everything um i i think it's it's hell it's really interesting to see dark mount being you know the most played uh, one of the most played characters in the titan one format i mean it's we said it last time like the titan one format was like something decided on in the middle of the set design for atp1 so not everything created really had it in mind and definitely on the lookout for certain things and i mean once you sit down and you see that deck which I, I did get some recordings of it so we will have them up on the channel soon uh you'll see how like fluent it feels and how interesting it feels and i guess it's just not something that we definitely like Thought about a month ago to, to see how Dark Mount would impact the format with sky shadow So it's it's really cool to see those things happen because it is a different format that we weren't testing in. Uh, so it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. uh, there's there's still a lot to be learned. So uh, as yeah. I'm very much a person that like and enjoys looking back on these things. That's why when we talked about before uh, in the I guess the the old first party events that it was unfortunate that there was no opportunity beyond the release tournament essentially for anything it, you could obviously play locals but there was there wasn't a second follow-up tournament so now that we're getting that opportunity for a lot of these things to come back around I'm very anxious to see what people put together
1: yeah I I'll, I'll be really curious I mean I think it's slated to start on November 10th maybe or something like that uh the the full constructed off a try on event for November um I'll be really intrigued to see like how how people take in the data from the from the invitational and then move forward because it we haven't really had the opportunity to see that really much at all this summer because we, you know, we, we did so many different we did four different events, five different events for uh season one. So we really the only thing we ever got was like uh the first the first one, which was only sixteen players because that's the way we designed it, and then the middle one, and then we saw the end, but the end had ATP one. So we never really got to see all of it developed correctly. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out through this event and then the next month and stuff like that. It'll be cool.
0: Yep, absolutely. So uh, I think that'll do it for this episode, gentlemen. Um, We got a lot of stuff coming up, so definitely check out the VectorSigma.info YouTube page because as Dan was mentioning, all the coverage and among other things are going to be up. If you're listening to this after the fact, definitely go check out the coverage for everything for TFCon, especially for Extra Life.
1: If you're not in the group yet, join Alphatron and Protocols on Facebook. Yep. Uh, There will be, as we get closer in the next month, I'd say there'll be even more information being released weekly. Uh, I would say I'm at this point where I was, I I wasn't much further along from the last update. If you're listening now from where I was last time, it was just about the learning exposures, which we kind of went over in this video. So hopefully that covers for anyone that was wondering where we were. That's kind of what we did for this part, this section of the video for at least.
0: Yep. Cool. Well, I think we'll close it up there, everybody. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching and black lives matter.